0: Hey everybody, welcome to the 63rd episode of the JDO Show. I am your host, J. David Osborne, and today on the show I have Josh Fiji Azam, a rapper in the band Adverse Effects, and I would call them a band because uh, they use live instrumentation. We have a really good conversation. It's the first one that I've recorded on my phone. I finally broke down and bought the recording app for the phone because Josh and I's schedules had never quite linked up and I only had an hour today in the car while Rio State korean barbecue with her friend to record this and so i couldn't bring my computer and connect to skype unless i wanted to use my phone as a wi-fi hotspot and i'm running out of data so anyway i decided that you know i'll spend three dollars on a bag of chips or three dollars on an energy drink or something but i you know won't spend ten dollars on a recording software that's stupid so i went ahead and bought the thing for the phone the sound quality is different but still good if you're interested in supporting this podcast, head over to Patreon, look for J. David Osborne or Broken River Books. I think it's patreon.com slash J. David Osborne. I think that's how that works. Toss me a dollar, five dollars, whatever you want to throw me on a monthly basis. It would be nice. I played around with rewards at first, but then I decided that the work that I'm already doing is kind of the reward. So it's sort of a reversal. You know, if you feel like you get value from this podcast, go ahead and throw me a little value. I would appreciate it. Uh, go check out Josh's band Adverse Effects' album. It's called It's a Good Problem to Have. I'm sure you can listen to it on Spotify, I'm 100% sure. They're also on Bandcamp. You should probably just go buy their album because it's really, really good, really worth it if you're into uh, that lyrical hip hop shit. They got the good beats, they got the good raps. It's a good time. And if you're ever around an area where they're playing live, I recommend seeing them there too because it's a super, super good um, environment. But uh, yeah, things are really busy. Like I said, I kind of squeezed this interview in where I could. I have 15 minutes before I have to go to work, so I'm recording this intro, and then I'm going to cut the whole thing together in my spare time at work and put it up overnight so that you can listen to it in the morning because it's just how we do shit. Anyhow, please enjoy the 63rd episode of the JDO Show. I hope your day is swell. Enjoy this conversation with Josh Fiji Azam.
1: Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. I'm yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. So I merged. to Okay. Oh, I hope. I hope to Jesus this is working. But I just. <laughs> I just got this brand new software because, you know, it's like we were talking. It's like, oh man, we should we should do the, do the podcast. I'm like hell yeah. Seven thirty. I'm like I got nothing. And then literally after I said that, Rios was like. Don't forget that we have a uh, uh, dinner with Natalie at 7. Oh my God damn it. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, so I just got this new program on my phone. I did everything they told me to. We're going to go. If it's cool with you, it's cool with me. We're, we're going to roll with it.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. Try it out.
1: So, uh, <clears throat>
2: how's it going, Mr. PG? Excellent, dude. Things have been fantastic. of the place.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna like do the introduction of you in the, at the at the beginning of the show and stuff, so we don't have to worry about any of that. How was uh, Norman Music Festival?
2: <clears throat> it was it was interesting, you know. Norman Music Festival is always a fun time. Uh, getting back to the 405 was definitely extra, um, but Norman Music Festival is a free music festival, and as such, it uh, it is. Managed as a free music festival would be, and uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, what does that mean?
2: It's just uh, I, I think um, I think the best way to put it is that uh, it it uh, the the workers are volunteer based and thus um, act as such. Like shows just running behind all day. Uh, mm. Our set ended up getting cut um from 50 to an hour to about 30 minutes whoa um which was a bummer but overall yeah. um it was fantastic to be back in norman see all the people
1: yeah i used to really enjoy just the vibe of that because you know i used to live right off of uh main street there i used to live on beal so oh, right on yeah, I mean, that was I mean, that was one of the cooler things about living in that place in general. You know, I could just walk over to the bonnet or whatever. But um, whenever the festival would go on, it was cool because I mean, you don't have to worry about drinking and driving. You mm, Just mm-hmm. go from bar to bar to bar and just. I would just take little samples of all the different. I don't think I ever stayed for a whole set for anything really. But uh, you know, I mean, it's the it's the. Probably the same things that everybody would expect from something like that, right? Where it's like For sure. Everybody's out there drinking, you know, <laughs> so uh, it's like for, of course you have fucking bros, keep Right. Well
2: uh, and this year I don't I don't know if just, you know, but it was like forty seven degrees and just shitting rain until like whoa. seven o'clock.
1: Oh, that's unusual, man. Like most of the ones that I've been to have been T
2: shirt weather and
1: everybody's all sweaty and drunk.
2: Yeah, yeah. Normally they get really lucky posting that shit up right in the middle of, like, uh, tornado season and whatnot, but this year, I think it was, like, the first year in ten years that it's been, like, significant rain. Significant enough that they had to, like, cancel some of the main stage acts all the way up till like, five o'clock. Whoa. Most of the outdoor venues were closed until seven. I mean, there were definitely some, like, Weather-related issues had, had nothing to do with the festival. It played a part in our set getting cut short. Um, but it was awesome because the indoor venues were just packed, man. Like, every sure. single one of them was at capacity, and those bands ended up crushing it a lot. Like, I was just walking around with my parents out there and mm-hmm. just listening to the bands, and like you said, like getting little snippets of what Norman in Oklahoma in general is doing.
1: Oh, man, sometimes I miss it. I get, like, a little nostalgic, you
2: know? Oh, yeah. We sat down for beers at the library, and <clears throat> it all came flooding back $2.25 pints. It was pretty unreal. Yeah,
1: dude. Or just, like, you know, just, like, going to house parties and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, just little things where, like, people are, you know, fucking around with pedals and making noise. You know, I remember there were, yeah. a few, there were a few house parties that were like that. I'm not sure if they were at Alley's or somewhere else, but it would just be, a, like, a couple of dudes with, like, guitars and pedals, and I would just be, like, hammered and be like, this fucking
2: rules, you know? Yeah, man. They used to do, like, the Nice Tuesdays thing. That's, it, that's uh, what I
1: was trying to think of.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nice Tuesdays. Yeah. Actually, uh, I'm not sure if they still do that, but, man, that, that was definitely... One of the cooler things going on in my in my time down in mm-hmm. Norman. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I just I just I do get a little. But then you know, you have to remember that there's there's always downsides to stuff like that. And whenever it's you know not Norman Music Festival and it's not Nice Tuesdays, it's For one of sure. those things where you know it's it's one of those things, man, where the grass is always greener. And yeah. you know, and you think back and like, man, I had some great times. <clears throat> but I think that. If you look at, I don't know, maybe like my time in Oregon or whatever, it's like me, I might not have had necessarily like the highs. Well, I mean, literally in a lot of cases because you know, <laughs> you know Molly and shit. But um, right, <laughs> but, but I mean, just like overall day to day, I think I I think I prefer Oregon.
2: I don't know how you feel about that. Um. Yeah, I think in in general, I definitely prefer prefer Oregon for. Uh, You know, just living purposes. I mean, shit, you get paid more out here. Mm -hmm. The people are more progressive. Mm -hmm. It's a more ideal mindset. And there are, I found there's a lot more similarities between Portland and Norman um, Mm -hmm. than I ever thought there would be. Right. Um, It's like they took all the best parts of Norman and left out. Terribly shitty parts and <laughs> like uh, ridiculous rednecks and right. Things. Oh, but
1: they're here, right. dude. They're here, dude. I mean, you live, you live what? You live in North Portland, right?
2: Right. Yeah, up off Killingworth, Dude. Okay. So,
1: have you ever been to Tigard, where I live?
2: No, I know. Like circling the area, though, it's basically like, like there's the Lakeo version of rednecks, which is just like really rich rednecks, yeah. and then. Yep. Out in Gresham, they have their own cliques, and Tigard. Yeah, like, everything around Portland is basically...
1: Gresham, as the, I understand it, is where, like, the Juggalos are, right?
2: Okay, oh yeah. That seems
1: to be more like Juggalo <laughs> Town. Like, the, the, the skinny, shirtless, white dude, you know, with, like, a neck tattoo. That's what I yeah. think of when I think of Gresham. But Tigard right. is, like, a middle-aged guy with, like, half a cigarette dangling out of his mouth, and a Stringy gray goatee with like some fucking just full out camo, oh camo like you can, Interesting. you can barely even see the motherfucker, man. He's like he's very very mysterious in his camouflage, but um,
2: but, yeah. No, he, between McDonald's there are Arby's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted Burger King. I like the cardboard <laughs> flavor. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, yeah. So I mean, they exist, my friends. They're here, just not in North
2: Portland for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think we've definitely been lucky um, with this move. A lot of the reason why we moved, I think a lot of people thought maybe we had moved because of the music. The music was really just a catalyst towards a decision that had been made a long Mm -hmm. time ago, um, that we all kind of wanted to get out of Oklahoma and experience something new. And Portland has both offered a nice feeling of home, Mixed with uh, an incredible environment to actually thrive artistically and as a and as people, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah so, are you guys? W- would you say, as far as the band goes, are you guys doing like more shit here than you did in Oklahoma? Because I feel like I feel like by now you guys are probably like tight as fuck. Like you know what you're doing when you guys yeah. get together. It's got to be a well oiled machine by this point. It's um.
2: You know, we left at a funny time in Oklahoma, um mm-hmm. where we were we were really killing shit out there. Um, I'm not gonna dice it up, like we were doing really well, but we decided it was a good time to head out and we'd had a lot of the album under our belt since we moved out here. We released the album, got some new members who've been absolutely crushing it. Vincent Spencer have been incredible mm-hmm. to work with, plus their local Portlanders, which really helps our assimilation into the scene. Um, uh, right, right. Not that, I mean, not that we ever had any trouble with that, but it was definitely a nice additive. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, at this point, man, I mean, we've been playing with those cats longer than we'd played with the old cats, which is crazy. Well, um, I guess I
1: didn't think about that yet. How long were you a band in
2: Norman? We were a band for the full on band um, that we ended our Norman run with. We were a band with, that crew for about I wanna say almost two years. Yeah. Okay, and then yeah, so you've been here for four, three? Three. We've been three. here for three, three years and we've had Vincent Spencer for two and a half of it.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's oh, that's weird to think of, you know, because man, I used to see you guys all the fucking time at the deli. Uh and, and I've that, seen you yes. significantly less since since I moved here. So I, I, it's weird, like that that time is more prominent in my mind than it is here. But you guys are like actually, it's funny because you guys are actually doing more shit now than you were. Yeah. So it's like my perception is completely backwards.
2: We, uh, it's actually funny. We played the deli last Thursday. Whenever we went back,
1: do they still have people smoke there? Um,
2: it's it's an artist option. Uh-huh. So, um, we chose we chose a non-smoking oh, yeah. vibe. It's yeah. just with, you know when that place gets packed out. It's it can get, it can get kind of I don't know, it's kind of claustrophobic thick. and thick. yeah, 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 yeah. A vibe out there. So, <laughs> but, but they will definitely let you. I mean, yeah, Ugh. it is still Oklahoma. Hell yeah! No,
1: I missed that part too. Well, actually, I I, I don't know. I'm now I'm I'm already nostalgic for cigarettes because I'm on day like twenty now. Oh, are About, you? Yeah, dude, I quit.
2: Congrats, man. That's awesome.
1: Thanks, man. I've, I I I you know what's so funny? It, this this is really weird, but uh back back in the day, right? Before I I didn't actually start smoking until I was like 24, right? right. I had uh basically and then Rios and I had split up when I we were like 23 or whatever. And okay. I I didn't know. That. And yeah, yeah, so we were separated for like 3 years and the that's when I started smoking, basically, and because uh, I was like, man, I don't give a fuck about anything. Life is over. <laughs> uh sure, sure. Right. So basically, and it was funny because I was thinking about this uh when I stopped smoking. Before, before I started, before Rios and I broke up, like one of the reasons that that we kind of split up was that she said that I was an angry mm-hmm. person. Right. So I was like, once I stopped smoking here. I was like the anger came back.
2: Really? Yeah.
1: So basically I think that for the past, you know, five, six, seven years, whatever, I've been pushing that down with nicotine and like that's mm-hmm. the has been like keeping mm-hmm. it so, so I've been like having to like find out different ways to to deal with like anger. I don't know. Cigarettes
2: Cigarettes are an incredible tool for, like, many doses of self-deprecation, Yeah, which I, like, I think that's the reason why I love them, too, is because it's kind of like a small reminder that you're not as full of yourself as you don't want to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that mm-hmm. being said,
2: I, I haven't bought a pack of cigarettes in, like, six months, and I have been trying to focus on the positives of that aspect, Um
1: Well, congrats on that. Now, is is Are you one of those dudes who can just like be at a party and like smoke two, and then it's like what, and then not smoke anything for like a week?
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Lucky hanging around the band and you know doing shows, especially. I I will have the occasional cigarette, um, Mm -hmm. and not go back to it. I'll tell you what my vice is though, menthols, man. I haven't smoked a menthol in six months, and I think that's helped a lot. Um, If I were to I think if I were to start smoking menthols again, it would all it would all come back pretty clear. But I uh, yeah. have been keeping on the American Spirit yellows train when I bum one.
1: Right, right. That was that was what I was. That's what I had leading up to the actual quit because I was like, at first it was uh, Turkish Royals, and those are just like fucking candy, man. Like you could yeah, like, you could do like three of those. Like if, if if you're vibing with somebody and you like go outside to smoke. You can kill three Turkish royals. Just oh, yeah. I think you it. and
2: I have burned a pack easily. Oh,
1: oh for, sure. for yeah. sure. Yeah, dude. And then, so, uh, basically, you have to go to American Spirits because, it's you know, it takes 10 minutes to smoke one fucking yeah. cigarette or whatever. But, so, I, I was wondering about that. So, I was wondering about anger and rage Because I have been feeling it. I've been realizing that I've been, like, this anger that I haven't felt in a really long time has been, like, bubbling up. And it made me, like, snippy. And you seem like a chill dude. So, I kind of wanted to ask, like, do you get pissed off, and how do you deal with it?
2: Um, I definitely get pissed off. Because I've never oh, seen it.
1: I've literally never I, seen it.
2: I try to keep it on the low. Uh, I mean, <laughs> for instance, most recent example, I I did, uh, to maybe a bit of regret, unleash on the stage management crew of Norman Music Fest. Um hmm it was, you know, they just weren't there the entire time. When I'm trying to get in contact with someone who's managing our show uh, three hours in advance and I can't find them for three hours, that's stressful. that tends to be a irksome, an irksome experience. I, I think what pisses me off the most about things like that is, like, we showed up to do a job, flew halfway across the country uh, to do said job, and... Someone who's right there is not only not doing their job, but they're actually costing us the time that we had flown down to, you know, it's allocated time that we had right. to to play our show. Well, and you know what?
1: I didn't think about that, but that's a good point, man. If you, like, however much you paid for a plane ticket in order to do an hour's worth of music, every time that gets cut, that's direct money that had, that's just, like, being flushed down the fucking
2: toilet. Right. Well, and it's, it's really, um, like, NMS paid us no matter what. They flew us down to Oklahoma. So that was oh, right, fun. okay. Gotcha. But more more toward the point, like, uh, even if the money is covered, there's a bunch of people out there who came to see an adverse effects set, and we haven't played a show other than the deli, which sold out, and there was a bunch of people who couldn't get in there haven't played a show in Oklahoma in like three and a half years. So Mm
1: -hmm.
2: when the mismanagement of the stage costs us 25 minutes that we could have put towards our fans and, you know, building energy and, you know, just building general relations with the people who have been following us for years, that, yeah, that's definitely going to really, really piss me off and get my goat a little bit. Do you think and, the answer is? Oh,
1: I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Oh no, no, you go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, do you think the answer is they need to just
2: stop having it
1: be a free festival?
2: I don't know. I I I, I hear that argument a lot. I don't think normal music festival. We played it three times. It's normally kind of a fly by the seat of your pants thing, but the weather mm-hmm. is always kind to it to the to the festival in general which really aids the experience for everyone. I think yeah. this particular time, being 47 and rainy, everyone was kind of at the end of their ropes. We had been standing outside all day. Our gear was getting rained on. They had no protection for anything. We were, I mean, you know, it just kind of starts to, the, the the foundation starts to cave a little bit, eight hours in on days mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. you want, at least for the experience to be managed properly and when, you know, you've done everything to the best of your abilities and someone else isn't doing something like that, then it tends to, you know, the cracks are going to start to show. I think okay. overall, though, they do a fantastic job providing thousands, tens of thousands of people with awesome bands for free oh, yeah. one weekend every year. I mean, it's pretty remarkable
1: they can actually do that, yeah.
2: It's incredible, um Odyssey and the good company was out there. I mean that's a bad oh, no that probably never yeah, dude. And they were fucking awesome. That rules. Yeah. And those are I have things. to I have
1: to interject I have to I have to interject real quick. A Van just drove by i 'cause I'm
2: I'm outside of this
1: community place with uh where Rios is inside eating. A van just right drove on. by and it's uh it's a it was a dude smoking a cigarette. Uh he looked like you know, just like a pretty typical kind of redneck dude. But the the dashboard of his van was covered in uh, stuffed minions figures. So what? Just, yeah, dude. He he was a big minions fan, I guess. The little <laughs> yellow guys. Yeah, just a bunch of those. I was like, that's the weirdest fucking thing I've seen. But uh, but so anyway, so I want to talk about like cause, because I've never seen you get upset. Uh, what what is it? What is it? Uh, what, what What do you look like when you're upset? Like you just I just picture something like. Man, this this really upsets me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, no, nah, I'm like, I'm definitely more of an asshole about things and very direct. Um, I I don't really want to go into a long, huge, heated argument with someone. I'll mm-hmm. probably just say something to the effect of like, "Shut up and listen to me. This is what you did wrong." There's no Making up for it now because it's already over. I just mm-hmm. need you to know that you fucked up. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's Does that work? for me. Uh, you know, I think I think it's I think it's definitely an, a, a method that worked on me during my childhood. So uh, <laughs> I I I, uh, I don't know. I have often met people who have had you know, angered conversations with after the fact. And we've hatched it out, talked about it. We both acknowledge good points. I'm not an unreasonable person ever. I just, uh, I don't, uh, I think the the main thing that affects me the most is when I feel taken advantage of or, like, someone is not doing their job to the best of their ability, and it's affecting myself.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, so big. So basically, it's kind of like letting the valve loose, but just doing it with honesty is what I'm hearing, you know, just being like, look, you know, like, because, yeah, I do have a, I don't know, I have a tendency to just, uh, I think I go in the wrong direction by being an asshole, because my assholery tends to be, like, I'm really, really good, you might not know this about me, but I'm extremely good at, like, the cutting remark. I keep that Mm, shit in mm -hmm. check. I keep it very much in check. But it's always yeah. there on the tip of my tongue. Like, almost everybody I meet, like, I would have been, like, a great insult comic, basically. Because it's just <laughs> right. always there. Like, there's this little demon on my shoulder that's just, like, somebody walks in and, you know, like, their, their hair is fucked up or whatever. It's just, like, boom. Like, it's like, hey, say 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 something about their, you know, their hair or whatever. <laughs> right. So, like, if somebody pisses me off, it could be for something pretty innocuous. And I could just say, you know, hey, man. You're doing this, and this is annoying me, and that's it. Uh, but I'll be like, "Why are your teeth so fucked up?" You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, then, and then it's like, and then they're like, "Wow, David's just a real asshole," because I haven't communicated the problem, right? Like
2: I just right. tried to remove my anger. I think the cutting remark was something I had to learn to stray from. Just in, in general, like, you don't want to burn as many bridges as I once thought were okay to burn in my Mm -hmm. younger years yeah Um, as I've gotten older now like fucking 15 years into making music it's become especially clear in the last like five years with adverse which is the most successful project I've been in that you really don't know what relationships you might need like in a day-to-day in a day-to-day realm and it makes the most sense to treat everyone with the same amount of humanity that you would expect yourself to be treated with. I know it sounds like semi cheesy i I just think like it's okay to express your angers and um, you know your disappointments in other people in a constructive manner, and that's what okay. i try to that's what I try to harness in. I I definitely don't always land it in that manner, um, but I I think that mindset has helped me a lot in getting getting this far with the relationships that we have, um,
1: mm-hmm. because
2: things aren't always going to go the way that you you want them to, and it's important to just kind of level that shit out a little bit, not go flying off the handle like. I don't want to be a diva about shit. That that doesn't look good if I'm going all Kanye West at Norman Music Festival. That'd be I, hilarious. Not That'd
1: be fucking hilarious. <laughs> 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 like out there just being like, I'm quitting. I'm quitting this bullshit. I'm selfie shirt,
2: sell Like blowing microphones and... into the crowd.
1: Yeah, that would be... Oh, man, the worst thing that, that ever... The worst show I've ever seen as this giant fan of this band called Dog Fashion Disco. And they were kind of a Mr. Bungle-type uh, act, I guess. Right on. Uh, but, yeah, but they were really cool. I found them back in the Napster days, and uh, they <laughs> were—they had a song that was labeled as System of a Down uh, uh, song because I was a huge System of a Down fan. I thought it was, like, a rare track, so I downloaded it totally. Fuck yeah. Uh, it was a track with surge from System of a Down, but it was a mm. dog song. So anyway, so big fan, big fan, you know, like, probably from, like, Twelve, thirteen, 13 up through oh I don't know when did this thing happen uh probably like oh yeah I was 18 or 19 so basically like I bought like five t-shirts I bought all their albums uh this is one of those those uh arguments also for why piracy might be a good thing right cuz I found this band I just fucking I bought everything that I could from them um yeah. anyway so I I've, I've gone to see them multiple times whatever and then I moved to El Paso and they played this little show in El Paso and uh, they they went up there and they started, you know, started playing some classics. And I was, like, mm-hmm. vibing. Now, okay, th- I will admit, like, it was a little depressing. There was, like, maybe five people there.
2: Um, That's the best show. Yeah,
1: right, exactly. And the band before them was called Look What I Did, and they fucking killed it. Like, this guy was up <laughs> there, like, he, like, he, like, kind of, like, punched me in the head and pushed me, and, like, we had a good time. Like, he interacted, basically. Because, you know, it was, like, screamy, Aggressive type shit. Awesome, um, look, look what I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so anyway, so then so then, Dog Fashion Disco comes out, and I had already bought a shirt and like their new. I think I'd bought like a vinyl or something. And they come out, and they did like two songs, and then like the the singer's mic cut out, and he literally That's slammed it. the mic on the on the stage and like walked out.
2: Oh, and I man. was like,
1: and it sucks, man, because you know, okay. I understand that these people have to do this every day when you're when you're on tour and I can understand that you might have a bad day but I guess it's one of those things where I kind of have a maybe slightly uncaring brutal opinion which is that I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it's one of those no. where it's like if I'm at work, right, and I'm just having a bad day and I tell somebody walking through the lobby to go fuck themselves, I'm going to get fired. It doesn't matter yeah. if I'm having a bad day. So I just was like, I was done, and it really sucked. Like, that was the end of my love for that band, you
2: know? I actually have a very similar story. Um, We were at Fun, Fun, Fun Fest down in Austin, Texas about four years ago, maybe. And um, growing up, Lupe Fiasco had been a huge, huge influence in my music. Uh, Oh, yeah. He's one of the first cast I really listened to that took uh conscious hip hop and kind of pushed it more towards a, uh, a mainstream realm, um, <laughs> not named Kanye West. Um, and so we were, I was really amped for this Lupe set. I've been waiting to see him for years and he comes out and he's killing it. Um, I don't know if you've been down to Austin, but that city just replete with people who are unimpressed by everything. Yeah. Um, so that's unfortunate. A lot of arms crossed type shit. But oh, Kelvin sure, and I sure, sure. were, uh, <laughs> we were, we were raging. We were amped up. And um, someone, like one of the stage crew had run out on stage to fix something with the lighting. And he stopped a song in the middle of the set and started yelling at the stage crew. And it was so the effect of like, one more fucking person comes on stage. I'm off at of this bitch. I shouldn't be here anyway. Something like mm. that. Totally killed the vibe, but so he starts playing more music and he gets about two more songs in and someone comes to oh, I, I remember what happened. Um a lightning storm happens and they're like, Hey, um, uh, we need you to step off stage for like five minutes just to let this storm pass and he just loses it, man. He's just like he yeah. just, you know, drops the mic, he's like fuck this, fuck this, see, like, all this crazy stuff. He probably played, like, four songs. He looked like a complete diva doing it. And, like, the entire time I'm sitting here watching one of my heroes fall in front of my eyes thinking to myself, like, uh, you know, this is the biggest bummer that could have possibly happened right now. Uh, I do think, though, the takeaway from that is, like, I now have a true – actual life model of what not to do ever yep yep exactly
1: exactly and the yeah. thing is too like i mean with, because i forgive things like like since then i've gone back and listened to the music obviously and of course i still like the music it'll never be the same but right. but i mean you know it's one of those things where it's like oh well, they had a bad day it's like well you know you never had a fucking bad day it's like Tom Jones, right? (laughs) There's a fucking set in Vegas like three times a night, every night. And he just goes out there like a soldier and fucking does it. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry if it's hard. But frankly, nobody asked you to do this shit. You know what I mean? Like, nobody asked you to be an artist, man. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and so things can get frustrating. And I think, I do think that, that people, especially fans, uh, you know they need to be checked if they're overstepping their boundaries, which of course they can do. Um, sure. but overall, I mean, like just being upset because you're having a bad day and you know there's a problem on this on the stage or something like that. It's like, right? Forgive, forgive me if I just if I just don't care, man. Like go do something else then.
2: Well, right, like, yeah. I look back to that Lupe moment and I'm like, I never want anyone like. Anyone who may feel as connected to my music as I felt to his, to feel the way that I felt that day, like it, it was crushing, and it's, it's brutal shit. Like you feel like you invest a lot in someone else's life to, you know, and then they just kind of shit all over it for a second. Yeah. And it, it maybe maybe it feels a little more personal than it should. But I think there's also a level of, like, you're making very personal art. So, like, fuck it, man. You need to be very cognizant of the fact that, like, all these people are relating to you that are standing out here. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And, I mean, and the people who I've seen who, like, because right now, I mean, like, recently I was in New York. And I went to go see uh, Duncan Trussell live, who he's a comedian. Oh, fuck yeah. Man, everyone told me
2: to get into this, dude.
1: Yeah, so basically, so I go to see a show, and then after the show, I say hi to him. And what he does is he stops what he's doing, he turns to me, he sa- I say, hey, man, great show, and he says, you know, thank you, man, and he, like, shakes my hand. And he's like, well, oh, hey, yeah. I got to go, but I appreciate, like, and that's all I had to do. That night ended up being crazy, though, because I did a crazy fanboy thing and actually, like, caught them uh, after they got out of the venue and was like, hey, where are you guys going? And then they told me, and, I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, can I come? And they were like... Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a free country. And so I ended up just getting, like, hammered and uh, watching Sitting at a Table with Duncan Trussell and uh, Hamilton from Hamilton's Pharmacopia on Vice, like, just listening to them them talk about drugs for hours. So that was a good (laughs) (laughs) –
2: that was one of those – Did you happen to hit them to who you are? No, I kept my mouth shut
1: for most of it. I was feeling very shy.
2: I don't know if I played it that cool.
1: I was feeling very shy, and I didn't want to be like, "Hey, hey, hey, fellas!" You know, blah, blah. but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be patient with that, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to it later.
2: I'm gonna right let, on. I'm gonna let,
1: I'm gonna let my podcast cook for a little bit, and then I'll, and then I'll come back. And I'll be like, "Yeah, exactly." I'll come back like a year later because a year from now he won't remember that I was drunk and probably said foolish things, right? Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, "Hey, man, we hung out this one time." Do you remember? Right. And he'll have this vague memory of me. And I'll be like, hey, remember when we recited the Benny Jesuit prayer from Dune? Because that's what we did. that together." Yeah, we did that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, he was trying to, he said, like, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. And then I said, fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. And then we were like, high five and shit. It is total nerd shit, man. But like.
2: Jeez, that's awesome. I actually did Dune <laughs> earlier. Uh, How earlier fucking rad year. is that shit, man? Fantastic, Jesus Christ! I don't know why I'm 29 and I'm just now doing that, dude. It's 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 okay.
1: It doesn't matter when you get
2: to it. (laughs) You feel like 16 year old Josh could have used it more, but 29 year old Josh can still use it.
1: That's when I got I got into I'd read Dune. I think actually exactly when I was 16. Nice. I was in I was in Lawton when I read it. Yeah, I could probably use a revisit. So 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 give me your give me your impressions of Dune then. Well,
2: fantastic story. Character development was off the charts. Um I am I'm incredibly okay, so I'm really interested to see what Paul's about to do mm-hmm. with the Atreides now that he's taken down um now he's taken down Leto and whatnot. Or not Leto. Mm-hmm. Uh, help me out.
1: Is it the and, Baron? The yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the Har- Har- Harkonin?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um I mean I think it's a fantastic story that it's kind of a it's kind of like a pretty typical one. Um in a sense that it is like underdog esque, but damn, dude, I don't know. It just kind of yeah, really just, resonates.
1: Yeah, I liked it because I, I liked all the kind of like Arabic aesthetics to it. You know what I mean? It was sort of the mm, typical uh-huh. Like Joseph Campbell's story, but you know, it's like more like it, like like an Arab people's kind of version of that. Oh, but it, to to circle back to what I was talking about. So basically, even if I hadn't had my my crazy night uh, hanging out with Duncan Trussell, I, I, if that was all that had happened, if he had just turned to me, like looked me in the eye, shook my hand, and asked me my name, like that's right. all that's all I would have needed. Like I could have left yeah. then, and the night would have been fine. You know, that's a
2: great impression. I mean yeah. that is so, that is as much as you could ask for from someone who is I mean, probably a very busy person. Oh, and then you sure. got like you got dessert with him, dude. It's fucking dope. It's like, yeah, exactly. You go out and get drinks. You don't you don't carry like a copy of by the time we leave here with you, like just <laughs> in case you don't do that shit? I, dude, I carry a I copy sh- of I
1: should, man. No, it's it's true. Now that you mention it, like it actually would have been, because there would have been times during that conversation where I could have, like, been like, "Oh, well, hey, man, I write." I, anyway, I just wanted you to have this. You're a big influence. You're right. Mm-hmm. I, I I could have. I mean, the 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 door is not closed. Like, thankfully, right. my my whole thing was that you know I had had at that point. I was about six beers in. It was it was about three beers when I asked them if I could hang out. So that was liquid courage, right? But right. then when I got there, I was I had had about three more, and right I was like, knowing myself, I was like, keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was just I was doing the I was doing the silent thing. But you're right, dude. I could I, in the future, I need to have like a little. Have, who who have you gotten uh, the album to? That, have you gotten any? Any uh, like kick-ass people to, to
2: to snag it? There is in a in kind of a cool sense that's not music related, but um, my best friend Chris, his dad is uh, just got his paper uh, on dark matter accepted to the Oxford Press, oh, and he's a huge fan. Um, of the album so that's kind of that's like the biggest one yet uh, yeah and he's also like an awesomely intelligent 90s hip hop head so it plays well
1: so, um, so it's good yeah it's like adverse effects it's like, like hip hop for just ridiculously intelligent people
2: <laughs> yeah it's like I mean yeah but I guess the tagline like hip hop for intellectuals as pretentious as it sounds isn't a terrible one to have. Um, you know what's really crazy about the album, though, that we hadn't anticipated. We have like two thousand plays in Finland right now.
1: Yo, isn't that crazy? It's weird. Like Broken yeah. Broken River popped in like Denmark. It's really strange. Yeah, yeah I don't know why.
2: Awesome. I wonder okay. what happens there. We were talking about it, and maybe there's like a. You know, it seems like a lot of people go over to Europe. And then, like, blow up in the states. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that Europeans just pay more attention to music. They're more art savvy.
1: In what way do you mean? Like, what do you mean by pay attention?
2: I, I think that they're just constantly seeking new art in a manner okay. that Americans aren't. Because of, I think a lot of I think a lot of Americans get bogged down with their day to day shit. I know probably like you know there's probably like 10 out of the 876 kids that i graduated with that have listened to my album it so like interesting it i think in yeah i think in europe it's just a little more personal contact kind of thing like if uh it, it would have almost played better to like grow up in a small town where you knew all 60 people stayed kind mm-hmm. of relatively close to them and had all 60 of them listen to the album you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing mm-hmm. I it's see, just, I see. States are big. I see
1: what you're saying, yeah. So it's kind of like it's one of the things, uh, what, I, what I'm what i hearing is that they're maybe more active in how they look for new shit, right? For
2: sure. Or, I mean, whereas Spotify like, started over in the UK.
1: Oh, no shit, dude. Spotify has been great for me finding new bands,
2: man. Just mm-hmm. like
1: the similar artist thing. Yeah. I find so much stuff. I get so stoked when I click, uh, you know, similar to... And I like yeah. recognize none of them, and I'm like, hoo Okay, here we go, here we go."
2: That's the way to do it now, man. The it's almost made the music blog a bit superfluous in yeah. this day and age when you can, when you can get you can land on a, you know, some random Spotify playlist garner millions of hits on a song that's never been reviewed once by anyone else. It's, it's, yeah. it's a bit, it's a bit crazy. But it's that instant gratification shit that everyone wants in music. It's the, it's the need it now and, you know, yeah. need it new, need it now kind of vibe.
1: Yeah, man, I've been thinking a lot about that, to be honest with you. I've been, as far as books, and this is for my own books, not Broken River stuff, right? But I've mm-hmm. been thinking about, like, the, um, I don't know, because it's, it's, there's two sides to the coin, right? So I just got done talking about how awesome that is, and like how much I love that as a consumer, right? Mm -hmm. sure but um and i'm going to turn right around and say on the flip side as an artist that can really suck sometimes you know definitely it's like like, man the the commodification i i I feel like i could say more about it if i wasn't guilty of doing it myself right at the same time it's one of those that's one of those things where i've been playing with books that i'm going to release like in a limited quantity, like do a really nice, beautiful hardback of something and only make 200 of them.
2: Right and on. Just to sort kind of like the like, vinyl releases of book.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And just to have a kind of like <laughs> impermanence to it too. Right. Cause I think that there's, I love it. There's something, there's something weird about like the fact that we're creating this stuff that's literally for, going to survive for pretty much the rest of eternity. Like I'm sure there are fucking radio yeah. signals that are going to have my books and your songs.
2: Like that are
1: already floating through space,
2: eternally. I was just having a pretty epically stoned out conversation about that back <laughs> in Oklahoma <laughs> with with my best friend Chris, and we were talking about like how you know you make a you make an album, it goes into the fabric of of music, and it it, it literally is everlasting. It's kind of like a, a ridiculous way to have eternal life. of course. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no. In a in a Same sense, that's books. totally true.
2: Mm. Sorry to interrupt.
1: Oh no no no, you didn't interrupt at all. man. no that's that's a that's a that's a rabbit hole that I would love to go down because yeah, in a, in a way, it is sort of like when you when you make this this thing right, it's it's so bizarre because when you talk to people about like what religion is, they all have different ideas of what God is and and stuff like that. But I think most people would probably agree that. God, in one shape or another, is like some kind of being that created existence so that it could experience itself, right? And sure. So yeah, basically, I mean, if they if, are,
2: if they are, yes, believers in God, I, I would definitely yeah. agree with that at its very base.
1: Right. Right. And so basically, then the way I see it is, it's a Russian doll thing, right? So we're essentially doing the exact same thing, you know, we're just building our right. own little worlds to to look back at ourselves. And we don't really know why we do it. Why do we like, you know, going to watch movies when the movie is just about a dude living in a small town?
2: It's Who an cares? interesting concept.
1: Yeah, it's it a sense yeah. of
2: purpose. I mean, why do they make the movies to begin with? You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And then music is going to note. Like, so music, and then I have this other thought, like, music is definitely some kind of uh, contact, more so than writing is. So I think writing is really important. I think that once the written word is invented, like, there's a reason why they call... uh making a word spelling, like the word spell, because it is magic in a way. Like it's, it's oh, developed. nice. So like it's, all, it's all part of that. But I think music even more so, because music is tapping into something. You know, There's really nothing like when a music, well, when a song clicks, right? There's nothing else like it. Not a movie, not a book, not anything. There's, but I, I don't know what that thing is.
2: Maybe you have a better idea. Well, I think maybe it has to do with the the number of senses, that it's using. Mm-hmm. It's it's both it can be both auditory, um and visual. Um and on those levels it has different different sub uses. Um you know auditorily you can listen to someone speak but then visually you can also read words, be right there with them. Mm-hmm. So it has the it has the usefulness of uh, written literature if someone wants to go there with it, but auditorily it's being handed to them in um, a nice, pretty, or sometimes disgusting, for instance, death grips uh, a, a nice, you know, package that yeah. someone can digest. I, I think it has a lot to do with senses. Um, I, myself, personally, have been enamored with the, the live band aspect that mm. we do. Um, and just watching Boyd direct the band... And the guys that we play with, uh, it's fantastic to see... uh, Because, like, hip-hop production, you know, it's it's something that can be done. Like, I have a studio at my house. I can produce hip-hop beats all day by just pushing keys and looping drums. And, you know, there's not a lot of personality involved in that. It's all things that one person has laid down that millions of people can use if they so choose. Um, And you can tune those any which way you want. But uh, I think the true element, at least that live hip-hop brings to something, is that people can really grip onto it with their being and feel some kind of emotion toward each instrument being played. Yeah, And people that would not normally follow hip-hop, which is primarily where a lot of our most surprising fan base comes from,
1: it's people who don't initially like hip-hop. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of crazy.
2: We get a lot of people uh, coming up to us after shows saying, I'm not a fan of hip-hop, but... And that's always like kind of a cringeworthy way to start a well, conversation. Yeah.
1: yeah, because it's one of those things where it's like, well, apparently you do. You right. just didn't know it. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't even like this shit. It's like, well, I right. mean, you, you, you do because you just had a good time. So right. it's like, like I, I, I was guilty of that before. I would be like, man, fuck country. I don't like country mm-hmm. music. And then I would find myself in bars and being like, I, I do. I dig the shit out of this. Sometimes you have to hear certain things live for it to click with you. Yeah, but I think that what you're touching on is so interesting because there is like a yin yang aspect to it, right? So when you're making something, you are making something that's going to be around forever, right? Mm-hmm. And that can and that has its own kind of specialness and. In, in the way that it sort of fits into the overall, like, tapestry and existence. But then I think that it's important, and this is what I'm trying to find with writing, uh, it's important to also have those flashes in the pan, like, of things that are created and then uh, are gone. So I was obsessed with this record company called Holodeck. Are you familiar with them? They're from Austin.
2: I'm not. Okay,
1: so they did, uh, the band, the, the big band that they have, I can't remember their name, is the one who did the Stranger Things soundtrack. Oh um, right. yeah, so basically they're they're that kind of music, that John Carpenter synth type thing. Really okay. cool label. But they did this thing in Austin where they uh watched this Japanese movie and they had four of these artists re score it live and I was looking all like <laughs> online to 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 like where I could find their score with the movie and it doesn't exist. Only like sixty people ever saw it. And oh, like that gets that it's, oh, I love it, man. It's like, that's so fucking cool. Like, I'll bet you that shit was awesome, and but to have been able... I'm going to seek out shit like that because to have been there and know that you're never going to get to hear that again, right? Yeah. I mean, think about, like, back in the day, people used to travel for miles and miles, and they would hear, like, a Beethoven symphony, like, four times in their
2: life. It's fucking phenomenal.
1: Like, think about that, right? They didn't have any way to listen to it you know there's no recordings so yeah i
2: mean they probably at the time thought like man i've heard beethoven four times already
1: like
2: (laughs) (laughs) exactly wasn't wasn't, like shoved down their throat every damn day
1: right it's like oh no i guess i'll just die from shitting myself
2: you know whatever (laughs) happened uh
1: but yeah dude so it's it's wild it's a double-edged sword right i mean the the exploratory aspect of it is really interesting and the ability to find, you know, new and interesting things, but then it's almost like we've lost, like, that there's something that happens in the live experience <clears throat> that really I don't think, like, should be recorded,
2: right? Well, should the experience. I think what I love that you're touching on, too, is the ability to create a rare moment yeah, that only a few people get to exist in. And they will have that moment to themselves forever. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I I think that's the, I don't know, it's kind of why we all do what we do uh, as far as creating art, to have those moments with people. um, And I think everyone, you know, on a a micro level has their own separate moments that they'll never have. For instance, uh, you know, people going to see... Bands on LSD will have the greatest time of their lives, and then they'll follow those bands trying to catch that moment one more time. Mm -hmm. That's so fascinating to me that people will see, like, you know, people I've talked to people who've seen The Grateful Dead over 200 times, but they can tell you every second of what their favorite show was, whether they were on like 20 hits of Blotter or, you know, (laughs) whatever it was, man. They know, Can you really
1: experience but, a show when you're on
2: 20 you Hits of Blotter? Well, yeah, I mean, a bit of hyperbole went into that, but <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, The I, I'm, I'm infatuated with the aspect of music from a fan sense, because I'm such a big fan of music to begin with. Yeah. I, I feel like... And a lot of musicians maybe aren't willing to admit that as much as they should. You know, you're a huge fan of all these writers that we've talked about.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I just feel like it's, it's healthy. It's one of the more human aspects of Kanye West that I can sit with is that Mm -hmm. that dude actually adores music in all of its forms.
1: Right. Right. And that's what I forget who I heard this from, but I thought it was a really good uh, description of Kanye West is that he is Sort of like a modern-day composer, like he's. But he's good. At sure. Like he's like he's like uh, he's like. Well, uh, oh, goddamn it! What the hell is the eye patch guy from uh, the Avengers? Sam Jackson, what's his, Nick Fury? He's oh, like, Nick uh, Fury. He's like a musical Nick Fury. Like he can assemble an Avenger squad, right? For each of oh his albums,
2: and he he, he like
1: together. yeah, well. yeah. And you would never think like it's like oh that's a Interesting way to use Chief Keith. I would have never thought of it that way, but it, it's perfect. yeah. With
2: Bonnie there, like on yeah. the same track, it's fucking crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so like, and that, and that just comes, I think, yeah, from from being a fan. I mean, you get that with writers too, though. I mean, in 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 the circles that I run in, there are a lot of people. The, the biggest thing where I went on one of my like little uh, tantrums about mm-hmm. was people like uh, going online and being like, "I just read this fantastic book by by so and so," and they'll They'll tag like blue tag their name in the post, and it's like, why do you have to blue tag them? You know. <laughs> so on, on the one hand, it's like, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's nice when you're the blue tagged person and you can find out that somebody's saying something nice about you. But even with me, if somebody blue tags me and says something about the book, if they're a writer, that's the big thing. If they're a writer, if right. they're a fan, I don't care. But if they're a writer, I'm like, what do you want from me? Like, why do right. you want me? Why do you want me to see this? Like, <laughs> why why can't you just like say nice things and not tell me, you know, or tell the person? Does that make right. sense?
2: You feel like, yeah. I mean, you feel like maybe there's a little bit of like cunning at play.
1: Yeah, because it just doesn't seem like you're actually like a fan at that point. If you if you want the person to know you're a fan, that's not just being a fan for a fan's sake. So I try not to do that because like sometimes I'll just genuinely enjoy a book and I do know the author but I don't do the blue and it's my own little weird quirk man I just want people to know that there's nothing in this for me right, right. like I want I want you to read this book and I don't care if the author knows it cuz I'm not trying to score points I just well, want I this that, book to be read
2: there's plenty of ways to let people know that you enjoy what they're doing without without you know a a Facebook tag just seems so superficial these days it's yeah it's just so impersonal it's a very it's like a i don't know man the whole like twitter bullshit like tweeting at people everyone's on me right now to like beef up our social media and i'm just like why But dude, like why man like why so i can tweet at odyssey and like see yeah. if we can open for him next week when he's in portland i'm like i don't think that's the best way to go about it like I I wanna stay the course. You know, we're we're like I don't know if you know this actually, we uh were just nominated for Best Band in Portland and Best Hip Hop Artist. Oh hell yeah in Portland. Yeah, last Congratulations, week. Congratulations, bro. That's fucking nice. <laughs> yeah, man, it was nuts. Uh, uh in the Willamette Weekly.
1: Hell yeah, that's rad, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I mean for... it's just like I
1: see and that's the thing that you're saying, it's like with me too, like I I get that sometimes and it's like like, you know, oh, hi, Rios just came in. Hi, Rios. Hi. She's had some, she's had some drinks. Uh, what up, Rios? <laughs> he says what up. Uh, but so anyway, so yeah, I kind of get that too, like, whenever I talk to people about social media presence, they're like, you know, you got to do this, and you got to do that. And it's like, why? Like, I'm staying the course. I'm cool, like, with just taking a while. Like, I don't need any quick fixes. I'd rather just right. do it the right way. You know what I mean? It's like, and so it seems like, there's nothing really wrong with what you're doing. Like, people have made it without any social media
2: presence whatsoever.
1: Like, there's, so no, there's
2: no magic bullets that shit, so I don't know. It's, I mean, yeah. I think some people have a great grip. Like, the little yachties of the world have God a much bless. better grip on that stuff than than I ever will. I'm okay with admitting that. What so, I can do is make highly... <laughs> highly intelligible and honorable music that I, I really want to listen to. Not to say Lil Yachty doesn't. I fuck with Lil Yachty. Like it's fun I music to listen too. to. Uh, I yeah. Do. I mean, you know, I think we both listen to our fair share of artists that would surprise some people, but it's you know, <laughs> Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> they, they well who do you, who who do you think who who's your guiltiest hip hop pleasure right now?
1: Uh, well, I, was, I mean, maybe, maybe a little yachty, but no, I think the, the worst one is, like, Suicide Boys, or, like, uh, <laughs> oh, wait. or, Flood uh, Christ.
2: Oh, oh, shit. You talking about, like, uh, like, Chris Travis and those guys?
1: Yeah, it's, like, the emo, screamo, and then, like, mumble rap about, like, being super okay. sad. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely the guiltiest pleasure. like,
2: Bones?
1: Bones is one of them, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: Mine, uh, mine, is, mine is Young Lean, man. I can't get over that kid. You talk about Young Lean? I listened to uh, Frozen God last night and I thought it was fantastic. It's pretty damn good, dude. Like
0: yeah. In his
2: sad boys movement and it's just hilarious. I watched an interview with him on Nardwar and it was... I mean, he's a pretty intelligent kid. Much more intelligent than he his is. music may, uh, may suggest. And the beats are yeah. like... I mean, these producers it. know what they're doing with the uh like cloud rap stuff. It's it's got Young a, God is just
1: I listened I think Young God's like EP of just beats was my favorite record the year it came out, which is I think like fifteen maybe. Oh years. yeah. Young God's uh, uh just like just beat tapes. There were like five beats on it. And they were, I haven't listened they were, to
2: Young God yet.
1: That was incredible. But yeah, no, dude, I yeah, Young Lean is great and has always been great. <laughs> it just works. I don't know.
2: Yeah, and that's I guess that's kind of what I'm with, like fucking with is like everyone has their own thing they're doing they do it their way like originality at this point is key because you can get any type of music you want in twenty thousand different ways. Yep. If you really want it, like mm-hmm. there's no there's no end to the gratification that uh, you know we're experiencing right now in this technological generation. In that right. sense, like. I think I'd rather hedge my bets on what's worked for the last four or five years, which is yeah. not just flooding Twitter with ridiculous horseshit. Our tagline on Twitter is like, follow us. We won't bother you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, dude.
1: But no, that actually brings back to something that I've been thinking about really hard. And it was, it's just, I heard somebody say this. I can't remember where, but it was just put so simply. He was talking about, building a business I think or something it didn't have anything related to art but he just said uh tell the truth and the rest will fall into place mm, and so mm, i was just like that's it man i'm just going to i'm good. like I, I amended it to don't try to hurt anybody and and tell the truth <laughs> you know kind of i fuck with that yeah so like be kind and tell the truth like that's that's just my simple motto going forward because I think I that that's how art, that's, that's how art works. Because, you, you know, sometimes you'll do something and you'll be like, oh, this is great. But then you'll feel, like, oddly vulnerable or you'll feel like, you know, like you you did something wrong or that maybe you're being a little bit too sappy, but you felt it when you wrote it. It's like, no, you got to just fucking sack up and put that shit out because that,
2: that was real. That was the truth. Yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, you had it in the moment. Like, I guess the nice thing about not be not always being live with our shit is that like you do have a bit of a like filter zone where you can be like okay well like i did get that out like i we can make a song and it might never hit right any ears but our own but at least we know that like we've already done that with several songs at least we know like we got it out we had you know worked through some shit and i i don't know i just think It's absurd to think that, like, your favorite artists probably fuck up a million times before they get, like, one thing right. Like, God knows I do not make great music when I roll out of bed. This is not the way it fucking works. (laughs) I take a shit, fucking sit in the shower wondering why I'm taking so goddamn long in the shower. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I probably, like, spend a good amount of my day wondering... What the fuck I'm doing, but you know, every now and then, blessed with a small bit of inspiration that can carry, I can carry forth into an actual piece of art. And that's oh, yeah. nice to, it's nice to just kind of, I don't know, sit on, man. Like, it doesn't have to be great for me every time. It just needs right. to be like myself, it needs to feel natural. And I like that.
1: I do too. Well, hey, sir it's uh I gotta I gotta let you go this has been fantastic yeah we've yeah gotta go do, like, it, man. we've gotta do part two man this, this has been really really good so uh Hell
2: yeah
1: um, I'll uh yeah. I'll put this up obviously but uh please uh let me know when you're ready to do a part two and we will we'll get it done cause this is this is good stuff this is quality entertainment yeah. i praying crossing my fingers that it works
2: excellent yeah yeah let me know dude I'm down to talk to you for however long we need to talk Uh Hell yeah do Rios come by the house one time, man we going to buy a grill soon and get some cookouts going again. Shit, yeah, man. All right, cool. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Peace, brother. Later. Thanks. Bye. Yeah.